Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, verse 11 through 16 and 20 through 24, the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 15 through 23, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, verse 31 through 46, and Psalm 95, verse 1 through 7a. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Once upon a time, in a church kind of far, far away, two young boys, about 11 years old, walked into one of the staff offices. It was a Tuesday morning in the fall. They said they didn't have school that day. They were drunk. They said they were hungry and they asked for a dollar each to buy a taco at the Taco Bell around the corner, which was located on part of the expansive grounds owned by the church, property that would be the envy of Church of the Redeemer because there were two parking lots in addition to the Taco Bell, which you would probably exchange for a better restaurant, but not all fairy tales are perfect, are they? The church staff member refused to give them money because they were drunk and because they should have been in school and sent them away. And I have been trying to make up for what I had done and what I left undone to them ever since, hoping that I can maybe turn into a sheep again and leave behind my goathood before the end of time that comes on Judgment Day. Feed the poor and you're a sheep. Refuse and you're a goat. This is Jesus' last parable before his arrest, and it's about the end of time again, as it has been lately. And it makes you worried because here's what happens to you. You're downtown, you're on your way to the Bengals game, and you see a panhandler on the street with a sign, hungry, please give. You do one of three things. You pull out your wallet and give him a dollar, or you shake your head to say no, or you look straight ahead trying not to catch his eye as you walk by him. And then you feel guilty and you wonder, did I just become a goat because I did not feed the least of my brothers and sisters? Jesus told me that when I feed the hungry, I'm feeding the king. And when I refuse, I refuse the king. And as you keep walking with those troubling thoughts, you look up and you see six more panhandlers ahead of you. Is every single panhandler the king who judges us? Are we being tested every time we do or do not help the needy? Does a king really count up all of the times that we give a handout and balance them out against all the times we don't? The king king gathers up everybody and separates the good from the bad, or as we say in theological terms, separates the keepies from the creepies, the sheep from the goats, which I kind of object to because I think it's unfair to goats. So for today, I am going to substitute for the more accurate hagfish, also known as slime eels, because hagfish are out only for themselves and they spew slime at any strangers who come near, just like in this story. So, about whether you are a sheep or a hagfish, here's the thing. This famous parable is often known as the parable of the sheep and the goats. But the title given to us by translators is 
the judgment of the nations. It begins, all the nations will be gathered before him on the day of the Lord. The great shepherd of the sheep knows each of you by name, but the king of kings comes at the end to judge the nations. In this parable, we have moved to the social arena where society as a whole will be judged and will be found worthy or wanting. When Jesus does that, he follows the Old Testament prophets like Amos and Micah, the ones who denounced the nations of their time that neglected the people that the leaders were supposed to care for and protect. So, for three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they carried into exile entire communities. For three transgressions of Edom, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because he pursued his brother with a sword and cast off all pity. That's from Amos. And given what's happening in Palestine, it's kind of painful to hear today. But God goes on to judge the other nations around Israel for the sins that they've committed. To the Israelite listeners, it is sweet music to hear the prophet pronounce the punishment of their most bitter enemies. I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, fire that shall devour its strongholds. So Gaza will go away into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth if Matthew had his way. But then, here's what the prophet says next. For three transgressions of Israel, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they sell the righteous for silver, they sell the needy for a pair of sandals, they trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth. Surprise and shock. You felt so good, says God, when I condemned your enemies, you thought you were better than them. But judgment on your nation is based on how you care for your people, and if you don't do that, you're like hagfish, all of you. As strange as it may seem to evaluate a whole people without regard to the individuals, we do it all the time. Remember back in 2001 after 9-11, President Bush denounced what he called the axis of evil. Remember them? He named them Iraq, Iran, and North Korea. Total hagfish, so to speak. They are out only for themselves, and they spew slime on all strangers who come to them. But of course, there are lots of shades in between good and evil for nations as well as for individuals. Not many countries are totally good or totally evil. So what would be the judgment of the nations today? Following the axis of evil model, I have heard that there is an axis of not really evil but generally disagreeable. I also heard that there's an axis of countries that aren't the worst but won't be asked to host the Olympics anytime soon, <laughs> and so on. There is space between Switzerland and North Korea. For example, Azerbaijan, half sheep and half hagfish. Albania, two-thirds sheep and one-third hagfish, but getting more sheepy all the time. And what about us? Get ready for what Amos might say. For three transgressions of America and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they sell the righteous for bigger profits and corporate perks 
and the needy for Lamborghinis. They withhold food and shelter from the children and medicine from the elderly. They threaten those that cry for peace but give tax breaks to billionaires. Is that unfair? You have to say that Amos can be kind of harsh, right? But in the judgment of the nations, are we sheep or are we hagfish? The thing is, no nation is perfect. In no place in this world is the kingdom of God totally realized. So in the grand scheme of things, we're pretty good, I think. We may be seven-eighths sheep and one-eighth hagfish. But the one-eighth is important for us to know about. In a way, the judgment can be seen as less a last judgment and more of a, say, diagnostic finding, right? Your car is doing pretty good, but it needs a bit of work. We need to know what we're about and what we need to do better. God weighs the system in which we live. God weighs the moral compass by which we make our decisions, its character, its moral fiber, our laws, and our culture. Do we practice an economics of compassion or an economics of self-interest? Do we care for the needy with a sense of responsibility and mutuality? Or do we say, every man for himself, you get what you deserve? The measure of a nation or a community is weighed not by how wealthy it is, not by its gross domestic product, but by how it uses its wealth and its wisdom to treat the least among us. Remember though, remember that Jesus is not speaking to us personally. He looks at the ethos, the culture, the character of a whole people. He's talking to, to Moab and Gaza and Syria, not to your everyday David and Matthew and Jehoshaphat. He's talking to Libya, Brazil, China, not to your everyday Milton or Phil or Joanna. So where do we fit in? As individuals, we are part of society. We're participants in the life of our nation. We belong here. We are part of a community, the church too, with a mission to transform this ordinary community and this nation into the kingdom of God, what we now call God's beloved community. What is God's dream for the world and for humanity? As individuals, as followers of Jesus Christ, it is our responsibility, our baptismal vow, to help our communities become a little less hagfishy or goaty and a little more sheepy. I'm making up a lot of words here, but bear with me. That's a big job. We can't do it alone. We can't lift up the nation all by ourselves, but we can do it with God's help and with others' help. God even told Moses once that he doesn't have to lead his people all by himself. Well, neither do we. We help best by supporting the organizations whose whole purpose is to lift up the least of us. The Ohio Justice and Policy Center, the, the Coalition for the Homeless, the Free Store Food Bank, Meek, there are so many out there. And by the way, did you know that if you give $10 to that panhandler, he can buy a Big Mac with fries, but with not enough change for a drink. But that $10 would purchase up to 60 whole meals at the Free Store Food Bank. 
Here at Redeemer, this church does amazing things. This church makes it easy for us all to work together towards that beloved community where all persons have their basic needs met. A community that brings our nation closer to sheephood. And how do we at Redeemer do that? I'll make it really quick. I'll just say, check out what Melanie does. That's it. And then, and then, to help our nation move towards a more sustainable system of sheephood, we can't forget to advocate for social change, to advocate for policies that lead to justice and peace, policies that respect the dignity of every human being, policies, things that put into law and policy the biblical injunction, the moral injunction, to love our neighbors. They say you can't legislate morality, but I think you can. I think that if we can get people used to using car safety belts, they can get used to living with social safety nets just fine. Today, the last Sunday in Pentecost, we celebrate Christ the King. And then we move into Advent next week when we wait for the coming of Christ as a babe in Bethlehem and yes, the coming of Christ at the end of time. And at the end, the King of the universe will put down his scepter and he will come back to earth to be our good shepherd. And the good shepherd will gather up in his arms us, his sheep. But we won't be just any sheep. We won't be just sheep to be judged. We will be his sheep. Not because we are perfect. We aren't perfect. If I were a nation, I'd be part hagfish. We will be his sheep, not because we are perfect, but because he loves us. And always remember that. Amen. <laughs>